This is The Sean Prue Show on Canada Talks, Sirius XM 167. It sure is, and there are some people that make you feel good just when they walk in the room. They uplift <laughs> you. And my guest right now, Molly Johnson, singer, songwriter, philanthropist, Canadian treasure, Order of Canada recipient, and the woman behind this album, meaning to tell you. Hi, honey. Hey, how are you? Loving you. Loving I'm you. well, thank you. Loving you. I always feel so great. You walk in the room, and I'm happier. Yay. Yay. Happier. Yay, why not? Why not be happy? Well, you have reason to be happy. I uh, do. Your new album, meaning to tell you, is like on a loop in my home. Thank you. And you know, I mean, I've known you for so many years. Yes, you have. I have. We'll go back. Um... This is my favorite album I think you've Thank ever you done. So much. I really mean that. I love it. Not blowing smoke. No, I love it. We had so much fun making that record. Now I remember a few albums ago, you guys were in and out of the studio in two weeks. I don't remember what album that was. Yeah. You're sitting on the cowhide. Oh yeah. Block. Oh yeah. You did that, that. Yeah, it was about two weeks. Two weeks. How long for this? Well, the actual recording of that record yes. was five days. Five glorious days with Canada's A list musician is this normal or are you it is just for me Aries it is woman? for me it is for me yeah I, i'm a one-take girl yeah i really am yeah you know it's in the moment it's with the band it's what it is i love i love making records like that there there there's times when i wish this was a tv show and this is one of those times so they could show <laughs> you listening right now well this let cover. me just explain to what the listeners the hell? okay so that's Nicki minaj pink Yes, that is. It's the second time I've stolen that from Nikki. Your uh, son Billy, yes. is a big Oh, Nikki my fan. son is uber Nikki. Mom, you might not like her choices. <laughs> but but they're her choices. Oh! Mom. Oh, yeah. Kaboom. You, that's that's, no, your, I live that's with, your own son coming back at oh, you. Oh, no. I live with the drop the mic 18-year-old. Really? Yes, I do. Mm. I get schooled every day. <laughs> Every day by my beautiful children. So we're stealing Nicki Minaj's pink. That's our back. Yeah, our yeah, drop. yeah. And and that hair is all my hair, and uh, I just basically stopped going to my colorist. Yeah, you know what? And this I is just the best let thing it happen. I yeah. just let it happen. This is a really authentic record. I I wrote six of the ten songs, which is more than I normally get to do. They're wonderful. Thank you. They're wonderful. Thank you so much. I got to work with Larry Klein. Yes. The amazing American producer yes. who's married to Joni Mitchell for like 15, 17 years, something crazy like that. Still very tight with her, but produced Tracy Chapman. Produced Nora Jones, produced Melody Gardot, produced Holly Cole. So then explain- and it was kind of like, okay, my turn. Explain to people <laughs> listening what the difference is when you work with a producer of that caliber. They just come at it with a different set of ears mm. and different eyes. And he, he, he had known about me for years. Yep. And he said, I've known about you for years. Where have you been? And I said, at home raising my kids. <laughs> That's what I said. And then I looked at the roster of women that he produced and none of them had children at that time. <laughs> and he just had a baby, an older dude with a not-so-much-younger wife, had a baby. So he was in the dad zone. Yes. So he totally got it yes. when I said that. So if you're an aspiring singer-songwriter, keep the children at bay. Is, well, you know, I've used, i got to say, I use Elizabeth Taylor and Dinah Ross, are two of my favorite moms in the business with kids. Do you not remember Elizabeth Taylor at her funeral and all of a sudden there were all those kids? Where'd those kids come from? Like, like I think we all knew she had maybe one or two, but I think there were five. And I just loved, in the, at the dawn of paparazzi, Elizabeth Taylor managed to keep her family and her children her own. Yes. And she didn't share. Yes. And when you listen to Diana Ross's very successful children, they will talk about this woman in a bathrobe with curlers. Yes. And and I'm they're talking about Diana Ross. They're talking about Diana and Ross. I, I but this is her kids. And I I, I I really live that. You do live that. And I want to go back to your hair for a second. Yes, let's go back because to the hair. Because I was hair. trying to think of how to describe it to the the listener. And I was I'm glad you like Diana Ross because I was going to say, imagine Diana Ross's hair. Yes. But real? It's real. That's Not my real. hair. It's this bun right here that I had this... a hard time getting my headphone over. It's this bun. It's hair. I just stopped going to the hairdresser. What's the female <laughs> form of fox? Because you're a silver foxette. 
Silver Fox set. Silver Fox set. You know, There's I something just... something liberating as a guy who's got his uh, gray coming in. You know what? Very authentic record. I just wanted to be my most truest, authentic self, and that's me right now. And I think you can tell because there, it's not just jazz. It's soul. It's funk. Yes. There's a lot more layers. There are many layers, and the fun of it was taking two of Canada's greatest jazz musicians, Michael Downs, two-time Juno winner, and Robbie Botosh, who came by way of Oscar Peterson. So you take these two guys... And you throw them in a room with the guitar player and the drummer mm. from a band called Jack Soul mm-hmm. from back in the day. Miss funky Hayden. Soul, yeah, right? Yeah. Funky Soul record. So you take these jazz guys and these Funky Soul guys and you put them in a room and you get out of the way. That's what I do. I want to uh, play the first track sure. from what are you gonna this. Play? We're going to play uh, Inner City Blues, okay. the video for this. My God, you just look so good. Well, you know, this is a, the Chris Nichols, the wonderful fashion photographer yeah. who shot this record and many other things for me, which is why you get those natural laughs. Yes. Because we're actually laughing. It's real. Because we're real old friends. He shot the, the YouTube video for this on the same day as our photo shoot. You need to, if you're listening to this, you need to stop what you're doing and you need to go to YouTube and play Inner City Blues, Molly Johnson. Now, Marvin Gaye wrote this song, right? Yes, he did in 1971, 1971. And the lyric is so true. It's sadly, sadly, sadly so true. So check this out. protesting why are you starting off this album with a um, rebellious it really is saying it's very rebellious the truth the, uh, the truth you know crime is increasing uh, the police checking lines in there from 1971 yeah. <laughs> unbelievably accurate yeah. like you said Sean sadly 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 you know uh, I wanted to well, I didn't want to make a jazz record. Made a lot of those. My kids are grown. Mm-hmm. I got more room to think. Mm-hmm. I got more room to read. Got more room to look gorgeous more, as Alan Yeah, I got more room. And I have the unbelievable love and support of those two boys, by the way. Yes. Like, they're the, they're the biggest ones. So, just wanted to make a record that made you uh, feel better. Well, feel and better. Y- you know. Or, or think, think deeper and know that these aren't new issues. Well, and yeah, and do your research and realize that this is not a new song. This is not a new song. Um, I've always been interested in civil rights. This is my interest, you know, around the gay communities in yes. my early days of Kumbaya as a straight woman. You know, what are you doing? I was going to say, uh, if you don't know, Molly's raised millions of dollars back when it really counted. Yeah. And here's what's different about the fundraising you did with Kumbaya. All the money went to the right. cause. That's right. Not to the performers, nope. not to their flights and hotels and nope. all that kind of stuff. Everything was donated, including the including the venue, yeah. which was at the time Ontario Place that morphed and morphed. An unbelievable event. And live on Much Music, 12, 12 hours. I want to know, um, <laughs> talking about this uh, song, uh, Inner City Blues, um, Black Lives Matters has made a huge impact here in Toronto, where we're yes, based, yeah. uh, at, at, especially with its pride protests. I want to know what you think about that. And having um, just mentioned Kumbaya and HIV AIDS, I want to know, having seen the trajectory as you have, what you think about the state of the issue now, those two. Black people and AIDS, go. <laughs> you know, I happen, I, ha- I happen to really love the fact that we as Canadians can protest. We can protest and for the most part people don't die. Um, And I find that really healthy. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And I find these conversations really, really healthy. healthy. Yep. And the fact that we're in a country, in a city, mm-hmm. let's face it, Toronto is a magical place, um, where we can have these healthy conversations with Black Lives Matter, with the police at Pride, mm-hmm. with the police not at Pride, mm-hmm. however these things are going, it's all about conversations and how far we've come. And I think um, one of the things, and it goes back, it goes down in the States too with Trump, all this kind of ugly stuff that's being I don't think we talk enough about the goodness of it because if we don't talk about these things, if these issues don't come to the surface, they're in the underbelly and they That's live right. there and, and they've they, been they living there and they fester. And yes. Exactly. And so now these things are all coming out and scary and ugly as some of them are. Not all of them, to mm. your point, but mm-hmm. some of them. Again, we're talking about them and we're looking at them. Yeah. And I think that's a good place to be. Uh, so talking about um, Kumbaya as well, HIV AIDS, uh, thinking what about that, that situation? Did you ever think there was going to be a pill like there is today? Well, I, I, I always believed that, that there was very good science and Elton John paid for it. <laughs> I'm just going to say right now. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Sir. John. Sir John. Sir John. Sir John. <laughs> because he, he and Elizabeth Taylor really seriously did. did that. I My kumbaya was about people living with AIDS and yep. supporting people living with AIDS and making sure they got care. It, my problem today is that some knucklehead decided to call the drugs uh, that mm-hmm. keep you alive mm-hmm. a cocktail. Mm-hmm. This is not a party drink. No. This is not a cure no. for AIDS, it's HIV. A, it's, a, it's a heavy dose. It's a heavy dose yep. and it keeps you alive. And if you stay healthy, you live a long time, but under circumstance. Well, and we don't know what the effect of taking this drug we for don't. a long we time We don't, but is. again, science is great. Mm-hmm. We're allowed to now see that. Yep. But I think the mistake there was calling it a cocktail and yep. referring to it as a party drink. And it often makes me think, do I need to do another kumbaya? Because the other piece of kumbaya wasn't just about fundraising, but it was about educating. This is why I brought it up, because I think you should do another kumbaya. Oh, I have yeah. for years. Yeah, I know. I it was super years. good. Two boys now of age yeah. to, uh, yeah. to mix and mingle. How, yeah. does that, how does that affect you? You know... I love raising boys. I've had so much fun teaching them how to be gentle men. Mm-hmm. I just love it. They're strong and courageous and thoughtful and empathetic. Am I talking like a mom? You are talking like a mom, but it's I am. yours. You're, you know, and, you're, it's, and it was my full-time serious job, and, I, and, and it still is. And uh, I really am enjoying the whole, all the conversations. It was my straight son that started the Gay Straight Alliance at his school. I remember he was remember doing that? this one of the yeah, last he's time I saw just you. Fantastic. Um, yeah, and your just, gay son's the mic drop one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hello. With the Nicki Minaj, as we spoke earlier. Oh, he ain't gay. Oh, he a queen. Oh. Oh no, it's a whole other bag. He oh, is tell like, us. Oh my gosh, can I on the radio? Yes, you can. Do you think he'll listen and be really annoyed? No, because I think he likes me. Do it for me. Well, he's just smart, smart, smarter than anyone in the room. Really? Six four. He's huge. He's gorgeous. Yes, he's beautiful. He looks like a big old Mexican. (laughs) 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 But you know, I he's just always been so centered and comfortable with himself. Other than he's other than all the teenage stuff. Normal teenage stuff, I'm too big, I'm too this, I'm too that. But but his core is is very very confident and very comfortable with himself. You, you mentioned raising gentlemen. What conversations have you had uh, about, about in and around the Me Too movement and all the news? Right. Well, years ago, down. when when my oldest guy was sixteen and going to his first prom, mm. and he said, "Mom, I like the way girls look in those high heel shoes," <laughs> and I said, "Really? You need to put these on." And I'm <laughs> yes. And I we walked down our front steps and we did a block and a block back. And I gave him a tutorial on how to walk with a woman in high heels. Only Molly Johnson. You know, she's always on the inside. You mm-hmm. never touch her. You mm-hmm. offer her your arm. You don't touch her. You offer her. You you always need to see the back of that person, that girl, whoever is in those high heels, head, the back of it, so you're not racing. And Because nothing more unattractive than somebody running in high heels. Yeah, yeah. Except someone drunk running in high heels. <laughs> On cobblestone and streets. The, yes, exactly. It gets really sloppy. So these were the kinds of lessons and, and conversations. And, 
you know, we live in this beautiful bubble in Toronto mm-hmm. that is magical here. We need to spread it out more and push ourselves further. I, I talked to lots of young gay kids around. Yeah, it's pretty free. Mm. But, you know, people died. Mm-hmm. So you could do that. I'm I'm a big grumpy old lady. And this is why I think regard. you should bring Kumbaya back because I don't think um, yes. today's youth, a gay or a straight or wherever they classify themselves, has an inkling of the, the first pride you know. parade when you got to, y'all just ran down Young Street and <laughs> jumped on the ferry and hit, got to <laughs> the island and hit behind the beach. Yeah, right. Oh, I remember. I remember. I remember, I, I remember that. Yeah, I remember small gatherings in, in what is now Barbara Hall Park. That's right. Uh, and you, everyone fit. Yep. Everyone fit and everyone smoked a joint and listened to some music. Yep, yep, yep. It was a lovely day. And that still happens. It does happen, it but still it's happens, also but spread. It, like and it, yeah, it happens all over the place A million people So now. wonderful. So yeah. wonderful. But uh, there's, a, there's a video going around of uh, Toronto Pride in 1998, and they bring up all these issues of same-sex marriage and HIV-AIDS, and, and you can't, you can't uh, be nude in the parade and all that kind of stuff. And it almost seemed quaint. Right. Because we've come so far. Well, this is, this is, this is what we need to teach. Mm. The, the history of Does stuff. Does your son know... Oh, yeah. This kind of stuff he does. Oh, yeah. He does because he's got Molly Johnson as a mother, oh, and yes. she's my special guest right now. Let's take a break, and we'll come back. Uh, you've got the Sean Bruce Show here on SiriusXM Canada Talks, Channel 167. Molly Johnson in the house. Hey, make me want to holler. Make me want to holler. Throw up both my hands. Welcome back to the Sean Prue Show on Canada Talks, Sirius XM 167. Here's Sean Prue. And that's Molly Johnson, old school. Uh, Julian Altamoto was the band. You were the front woman for that. And that's what, 1987? 19... 87. That's how long Molly's been around. And, so uh, love that video. I love the video. And uh, when I educate like younger people about you in my life. Oh, right on. Uh, I play that. And you know what? That song stands the test of time. Yes. It remains one of my... People said top five songs. That's in there. Julian is is a great little pop song. Magic. It's magic. It's magic. It's magic. I wrote it about a little boy that actually was living at the Cameron Public House Mm. for a moment in time. He was about two and a half, three years old. And all of a sudden, this hotel full of artists... There was a little baby in there, and we and we all had to. Shh, Julian's sleeping. Shh, who drank Julian's juice? Shh, like it was hilarious. And I, people think all kinds of things about who Julian is, but in fact, he was just a little. He was exact light of day. He's an early riser. Yes, you live with a toddler; they get up early. Like I just wrote it about him. What uh, <laughs> happened to Julian? Well, what became of Julian? What became of Julian? My understanding is Julian is a lawyer for Greenpeace. Oh, is that so? I think so. Is that so? <laughs> I think he is. Does he, does he does he like this song? Yes, he does. <laughs> um, who is Molly Johnson then, and who is Molly Johnson now? Well, it's the same girl. I, you know, especially with this record. This record is 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 sort of funkier and poppier and meaner and edgier and Altamoda. You know, we circled all the A's. Mm-hmm. You know, I at, at one point had a very, very big mohawk. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of a thing. That's right? what I was going to say. The, the vibe is very familiar to me because in the video, and everyone should Google that and, and, and look at it, you're so well styled and Thank you got you. this. You're in your zone. Yes. And not that you weren't in your zone in other records, right. Right. but this one, you're in your zone. When yes. you, you know what I mean? When you yeah, feel I it, and I, I know you, this do. is you. This is you. Yeah. 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 Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. I, I'm. Real happy with this record. Well, how do you get in your zone? Is what's different now for you? I think it's just time. Yeah. Um, I think I'm always in my zone, but how big my zone gets to fill in the space, uh, or how little my zone. How much of your zone? Yeah. Right. Like I, I think I'm always not the same, but because you're never the same. But I think my, like I've always written about courage, mm. about being brave, mm. about stepping in the room, mm. about like these are common themes with me. I was talking about courage um, uh, as being interviewed for something the other day, and I think courage is something people get 
mixed up. They think you sort of have it. It's a quality. You get it when you face your fear. That's you right. walk through the fire. That's right. And when you come out on the other side, you right. were courageous. Yes. You don't go into it. Courageous. courageous. No, 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 no. My father used to always say, you got to step in the room. You just mm-hmm. got to step in the damn room. Mm. And, and that's, that's the courageous part right there. What um, courage was required to make this album? What, 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 where are you requiring courage in life now? Well, for, for me is to, to, to spread the message of courage and, and that life's, life's ups and downs, mm. but uh, you keep your moral compass straight and we'll all get through whatever we all need to get through. Um, you never seem like someone with the downs because you're one of those performers who comes out and she's a bright light. And then she's working hard. Yeah, and then I do Don't Explain by Billie Holiday. <laughs> I know, right? And I get all my sad stuff out. I dump it all onto the audience. <laughs> I see people crying. <laughs> I know I've sung it right when you're crying. I've cried right? at your concerts yeah, before. Yeah, see? You got to be crying. crying. A, yeah, right? So so that's the beauty of being a, a, a one of the many beauties of being an artist is mm. you actually have loads of room to unload mm. loads of room to express loads of room to you're not tamping down on stuff and is this when you make an album when you've got like loads to say you're feeling like but it's going to bubble over if you don't get out there you know i i'm always writing songs mm. it's what i love to do and that's a muscle and i write with different people mm. um and I have a record contract. <laughs> <laughs> that you have to fulfill. <laughs> there is that. Yeah. We have a brand new, shiny, squeaky clean, gorgeous new Universal Music Record Company president, Jeffrey Remediotis, who came out of Arts and Crafts, the indie label. He has his own oh, so festival field and stream. He's, he's a really fascinating guy who's so much more than music. He's a big art lover. Uh, he, he he's just a he's really this is cool. Good. Too many bean counters at the top. No, of, no, of he's artists. not a bean yeah. counter at all. In yeah. fact, I think yesterday he announced that he just hired a bean counter. Oh. <laughs> I think that's what. I didn't really read the entire announcement because I'm not a bean counter. No, and you're but, bored by bean. But counters. I kind of got a vibe that oh, good, Jeff's hired somebody to be that guy. No, he has a festival. You have a festival as well, ma'am. Yes, I do have a I mean, festival. Stop. It's the. Uh, Kensington Market Kensington Jazz Market. Festival. Kensington Market Jazz Festival. Super exciting. Third year? Third, Third year, year charm. Third year's the charm. It's always charming. I felt first year you were uh, in the vibe of what have I done? Unbelievable seat of your pants moments. Yeah. Un- I saw it videos. Just, it just, She's on no, stage no, now. No, She's the, organizing. She's no, back no, on stage. It was insane. And it was <laughs> three of us. Yep. My dearest Jean-Vivre Marin's had and the three of us. Three's not enough. Three was hilarious <laughs> and insane, and we almost died. We actually almost died. Okay, especially Chi-Chi. She almost died. Um, but over these years, we've collected some a few great people yep. to help us. But, you know, the Market Jazz Festival is organically worked through the market. Mm. Like the venues are already there. Mm. Um, but this year we've got some great new venues. So I did, let me just, I want to hear about the venues and what's coming up. Um, why uh, another festival? Because we have a couple on the go. Yeah, you know, this one... This is a jazz city, and I don't think people really understand that. This is a music city. Yeah. And, you know, back in the 70s, and we were an R&B city. Like back in the 40s and 50s, all along Spadina was Soul Palace yep. and all kinds of funk clubs yep. and this 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 is a city of music. So to have yet another jazz festival, I think what my little festival does is really actually focuses on the local jazz musicians here. Mm. Um the guys that are, and gals that have been in the trenches all year long. These are the people that I throw big spotlights on and wrap tons of social media around. These are these are our war horses who've who've really kept it going. So new venues New venues, uh, the Shul that oh, faces the park. Yes. Oh, Kiefer Shul. We're doing a beautiful bit of music in there, and I think people are going to love to just walk into the place. Mm-hmm. It's gorgeous mm-hmm. and very exciting, and it faces into the park. This seems more accessible for me, the yeah. fest- your market festival, than other festivals. Well, you know, it's all kind of contained in one neighborhood. You walk in, you walk out. You yeah. walk in, you walk out. That's right. Yes. That's right. And yeah. eat all the food. And, you know, we put a 14, nine-foot grand piano in Tom, of Tom's suiting. <laughs> nine you? foot every year. And we put Canada's greatest piano players cycling through on that piano 
And Tom's still selling suits <laughs> and socks. Tom's, if you don't know Tom's, is just a legendary, uh, great clothes, great suits, inexpensively Unbelievable yes. prices. Yes. Unbelievable. So you got you to the middle of the store. And he's the patron saint of the market. I love him. I love him. Yep. And uh, he dressed my brother, for instance, for the Screen Actor Awards. And my brother gave him a shout out on national television. It didn't say <laughs> half the guys in the audience, half the actors in the audience were dressed by Tom. It was like hilarious. Um, but he is our patron saint. Yes. And he gives me a chunk of money to buy the t-shirts, for instance. Here's another we thing. We love you, Tom. We love you, Tom. Here's another thing I did with Tom. We started a little piano school Shut in up. Kensington Market for the kids in the market. You're, and we have five students coming every Wednesday for piano lessons that Tom pays for. Why is philanthropy so important to you? Because I have access. Yes. I have access, and I've never been 100% comfortable with the spotlight. Mm. I, I, I love songwriting. I love being in a room with musicians working. The spotlight is, not that I avoid it, but isn't it great to be able to take it and shove it onto something else? Yeah, the only time I've ever seen you vulnerable, visibly vulnerable, is that time. Yes. yeah. It's yeah. not, yeah, and it, which, which, because you're such a confident person. Yeah, but you need that vulnerability on stage. Oh, you do? Yeah, you do. You do. You need to have that op- all, all hands on deck. I think that's, uh, that's I mean, you're so beloved. You go to any concert, and I mean, I, I, I always tell the story of when I got to see in Paris. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm there in November. And we had a little day outside the Moulin Rouge yes, after. Yes, we did. <laughs> but you, um, <laughs> the place was sold out. It was a Monday night. Yeah. And people were sitting in the aisles and on the floors. Yeah, they love it. And I Paris. think you have a wonderful vulnerability. It's not uh, stage fright or anything like that. It's just no, raw. It's, it, and that's, yeah, yeah, you know. I give it a beat. You know, I was trained by one of the best, Ed Mervish, mm-hmm. when I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. And Ed used to say, sing to the cheap seats. Sing right. to the cheap seats. They're right. the ones that love you. Right. And I, like, I was five years old or six years old, and that guy said that to what me. What were you cast in? Well, I think it started with Finian's Rainbow. Right. Uh, Porgy and Bess, yes. and he gets your gun. Like on and on and on it went. It was like summer camp for our family. Mm. And the Dales, Cynthia Dale oh, from yes, Stratford. Cynthia, Dale. Cynthia and I have known each other since we were teeny tiny little kids. What do you say to artists who are listening to this? Um, you were blessed to have that early beginning. Yeah. And uh, in a city now, that in a country that knows you and loves you. And that's a trajectory that's almost American. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. What do you say to Canadian artists about making it in Canada. And first I'll tell you what you said to me. You said a long time ago, you said, make it happen. A lot of artists don't. You've got to go out there and make it happen. And that's truth beyond truth because a lot of people wait for the phone to ring. A lot of people uh, wait for something to come to them and you've got to get the idea and go do it. And you said that um, on a day where you had phoned the organizers of an Oscar Peterson concert. <laughs> he was playing at the, the um, Roy Rich Thompson Austin. Hall, yeah. and you said, who's opening for him? And you got yourself a gig. I did. And that lesson you gave me when I was just starting out, left finance, that has been key. I mean, I knocked the door. I made this show happen. Yes, yes. I, you know, uh, knocked the door down yeah. uh, to make it happen. I, I, really, I, I absolutely still believe that that you have to make it happen. You know, uh, uh, musicians, you, you know, go to the pub at the bottom of your street mm-hmm. and get a, build a gig there. Yep. Build a weekly there. Yep. Build stuff there. Yep. Um, you got to build stuff. You got to make stuff. And yes, the phone doesn't ring, by, by the way. The phone doesn't the phone ring. never rings. It never rings. It never <laughs> That rings. magical text saying, hey, they want to cast you. <laughs> no, it doesn't happen. Yeah. Right? Um, it does happen. On occasion it happens. But... But really, it, it'll only happen if you're out there doing stuff. Yeah, It's not going to happen if you're in your room. Strategically, though, because all this networking that goes on sometimes is just like a lot of yeah. horse crap. Yeah. Go it's bask. Go, go, go bask. Yes. Go, go put a play on at Fringe. Yes. I mean, look at Kim's Convenience. Yes. That was a Fringe show. That was a Fringe show. I think Come From Away was also a Fringe show. Yes, and was. then it went to Sheridan, and yes. then it went off. Yes. I mean, it's that. The Drowsy and, Chaperone. And the Drowsy Chaperone, yep. of course. Tony Winning. That's right. And these are, um, you know, we have a government and a country that supports those kinds of early initiatives. Mm-hmm. If you know where to look. Mm-hmm. You know, Toronto Arts Council, Factor, there's opportunity for $2,500, $5,000 grants to build yourself something, mm-hmm. right? And you can make a living off the arts. You actually can. You can. 
you're not going to be Beyonce rich. No. But, but frankly, who is? But if you run a business like a business, and by the way, Beyonce rich comes with a whole load of problems. Yes, most it does. people would not want to have. That's right. Right? Your That's sister right. beating up your husband in an elevator. Yeah, yeah. Caught, yeah, yeah. Know. That's a problem. You've never had uh, your sister. My sister has not beat up my husband <laughs> in an elevator, though. That's all I'm going to say about that. Oh! <laughs> oh! Oh, no, Molly. Can't say me anymore about that. Um, family's funny, isn't it? Uh, or not funny. Oh, dear. As the, as the case may well, be. Well, Molly's just discovered that her girlfriend lives in my building, and I've been like, you, then you've got to come and see me, too. Well, oh, now my you're gosh. Come see now me I'm really going to come and see you. Off the air stuff. Yeah, yeah. All right. Good place to end. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much. It's always so wonderful to come and talk to you, Sean. You You're so, so much. knowledgeable, and I appreciate you very much. I appreciate much. you too, Molly. I wish you nothing but joy. The Sean Prue Show continues here on Sirius XM Canada Talks Channel 167. Back to the Sean Prue Show on Canada Talks. Here's Sean Prue. Indeed, you do. Welcome back. And let's go to LA now, where we're going to talk to Maggie Zabo. She's the Canadian soul and pop singer songwriter who's garnered over 13 million views on YouTube and had a single premiered by Mr. Ryan Seacrest himself. Maggie Zabo is uh, on the line. What is up? Well, but is looking you? gorgeous. I can hear it. I know we were, we were we were arranging this interview, and I realize it's going to be seven a.m. in LA. You're very good to do this for us. Are you an early morning riser? I am. I like to get my day started early. I work out in the morning, so this is a good time for me. Let's talk about uh, another good time that you had. You just uh, performed yeah. at LA Pride. I did. Toronto Pride was last so weekend. Fun. LA Pride was two weekends before that. Uh, the gay, uh, the, the gays. I wish I could have been there for the Toronto Pride. The Toronto Pride was a little bit of a weird one this year, um, uh, but uh, uh, well, we've got the specter of Bruce MacArthur, the uh, the serial killer, uh, hanging over our heads right now, and so it's the first time I've seen a lot of black at Pride. Not a color in the rainbow. Wow. But well, tell, tell me about tell us about um, L.A. Pride and uh, and 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 what that meant to you as your career continues to grow. Being involved in L.A. Pride was a huge honor. I've lived in West Hollywood for the past four years. Uh, so I've been going to Pride every year, and every year it seems to be getting bigger and bigger. And I always wanted to perform on that stage, and this year I got the opportunity to perform with the choir. So we performed Don't Give Up Together, and it was so fun, such a huge honor. Uh, the crowd was so into it. They were really supportive of the choir and it was just a really really good day and it was kind of a great way to kind of kick off the release of the video as well can you tell the difference between a, a mostly uh, lgbt audience and a, a straight audience you know what i could <laughs> the reason was and maybe because it was pride they were all so supportive yes. and like cheering yes. abdullah is one of the choir members and they have a solo and as soon as Abdullah started singing, the whole audience just started cheering for them. And I feel like, I don't know if it's because it's the trans chorus and they're really, you know, building themselves up as far as a music group, but the audience to it and so positive and that even fuels our performance even more. Now, what, the song you performed with the trans chorus of Los Angeles is uh, Don't Give Up. And when you were in studio with us several months ago, uh, we talked about that song, but for people who didn't um, get a chance to hear about it, tell us about uh, Don't Give Up. So Don't Give Up is a song about love. And I released a music video a few months ago. Billboard premiered it. And the story is about a girl in high school getting ready for her prom, and she struggles with her gender identity. 
and she has a really super supportive boyfriend who kind of finds this creative way to support her and her struggles with her gender identity. But the, we don't find out that there is a supportive boyfriend until the very end of the video when it's he's done this beautiful gesture and, uh, and it's tear-worthy. Uh, you also have another video for, for uh, this song that you shot three, four weeks ago with the yeah. uh, Trans Course of Los Angeles. Tell us about the experience. Yeah, so the, the first music video that we did, it was, Billboard called it a, tra- uh, a love letter to trans youth. And that really spurred a lot of really great things. And I had this vision one night. I wanted to do a live performance with the song with the choir. And I wanted every member of the choir to be trans. So I spoke to my manager about this. And, you know, we started, like, going through ideas of how we were going to pull certain individuals into this and how we would get involved and next thing we find out, there actually is a trans choir of L.A. They are called the Trans Chorus of Los Angeles. So I reached out to them with this idea, and I sent them a song and a music video. And Catherine and Abdullah are the artistic directors, and they hit me back right away and were super into the idea. Well, what's, well what is it about uh, the trans movement that, um, for you who identifies as straight, um, moves you enough to have written a song recorded a video, and then wanted to record this video? I, you know, a few years, and I, ever since being here, I've become hyper aware of a lot of the issues that the LGBTQ community faces, and especially the trans community, trans kids, especially for me, is something that really hits me, and I think that's a community that really needs support right now. And I do believe... Before any big social movements can be made, I think allies need to come together, and we all kind of have to help that. Preach. <laughs> you're so wise. I said this. Yeah. I said this to you when you were in the studio with us. W- wise beyond your years, old soul. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's have a listen. We've got uh, we've got the video here. Uh, this is uh, the Transcourse of Los Angeles with singer songwriter Maggie Zabo. Don't give up is the name of the song. Have a listen. Everyone knows this world ain't perfect But what you got going on, it makes you worthy Any way you turn, or any way I slice it Someone's gonna get burned, but those scars are truly worth it One day you'll see that the answer you seek was in front of you Give up on love, indeed. That's don't give up, Maggie Zabo in the trans chorus of Los Angeles. Uh, that day, uh, although the, the video is elegant and simple, and everyone go to maggiezabo.com um, to to see more. And uh, but but that video shoot looked long, and you remained fresh. You know, I I tried my best. It's that was the first time I've ever shot a video with so many people. And I think, you know, with just so many moving pieces and different people involved, uh, it definitely takes organizational things to the next level. But honestly, I have never met a more enthusiastic group in my entire life. And that just fueled everything. Like even at the end of a long day, they were all still so positive and upbeat. And that definitely inspired me to just, you know, keep wanting to do more takes and, and get it as best as we could. I think um, one of the things about the trans movement that inspires a lot of people is that I can't think of one um, thing you could do that's greater than um, transitioning in the pursuit of authenticity. Mm-hmm. Like you're so determined to be who you feel you are that you will go to that yeah. length. Absolutely. I mean, I think there is something to be said 
for having having to go through that, the amount of strength that one has to have is, you know, it's incredible. And after spending so much time with all of the choir members, I got to know a lot of their individual stories. And a lot of them, you know, came from small towns. There's one person in particular who came from a dairy farm. And they kind of felt like they were hiding who they were their entire life. And they were afraid to come out to their family because they were afraid of being disowned. And finally, in their mid-40s, they decided, you know, screw this. I don't want to live this life anymore. And they came out to their family and moved out to L.A. And these stories, they this is pretty common. And it's, it's incredible to me because the amount of strength you would have to have to go through that and to be that sure that you know what this is who i am i think i, th- I think that's super inspiring no i can't i can't i almost can't imagine it uh, we're gonna take a break more with maggie zabo when we come back we've got the Sean Proust show here on sirius xm canada talks channel 167 You're listening to The Sean Prue Show with Sean Prue on Canada Talks, Sirius XM 167. I just love our current guest, not that I've ever hated other guests. Maggie Zabo is a singer-songwriter, except for that one. You know who you are. <laughs> Maggie Zabo is a singer-songwriter who was born in Hamilton, Ontario, but is uh, down in L.A. She's been there for four years now doing her thing, and her star is rising. She just performed at L.A. Pride and with the uh, Trans Chorus of Los Angeles, uh, her single, Don't Give Up. Uh, it's beautiful. And, and uh, when I first saw the video, I've seen the video many times now, but the first couple times I got chills and, and <laughs> wept a little bit. And I don't know why, because it's <clears throat> excuse me, an elegant video. Um, it's you at the piano and the, the chorus by your side. There's, there's no story or anything like that, but I think um, Don't Give Up on Love uh, the lyric that that uh, you sing is so poignant right now in this time and and place. And I was sitting with a friend and I was showing him your video, and he said, "Oh, I needed to hear that right now." And I think that's what's what's beautiful about that song is that I think a lot of people need to hear that right now. I agree, and I do think it is a message that is universal right now. Like you said, people here right now need to listen, hear that, and I do think. Seeing that video and watching all of these choir members, it really puts things into perspective. And I think no matter what you're going through, just seeing that community and, and seeing everyone come together is it's most inspiring. And I think it's something to look up to. I did a speak the other night and I said uh, you can approach things two ways through fear, through love, and then everything else stems from either fear or love. And it was funny because a lot of people came up to me afterwards and, and thought, thanks for, and said to me, thanks for reminding me about love, that you don't have to, and we live in such a fear-based society these days, and, yeah. and, and there's so much fear-mongering going on, rightly or wrongly, and I think people need to, to be reminded of that. Yeah. It's something so simple, and it's always surprising how often that can get lost, because it is something that we should be reminded of daily, and it, you would think it would come naturally, but it doesn't. And it's a message we need to tell ourselves every day. We need to tell our neighbors every day. Absolutely. Uh, I can't, I'm not going to let you um, disappear without talking a little bit about uh, your your success. And uh, one of the things we do on the show all the time is talk about happiness and success because I know people are always listening. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to be happy. Everyone wants to be successful. And I admire you so much because you're a young woman and you've had a dream since you were a little girl and that dream has been steadfast for you and you've uprooted yourself and moved to LA where you have to be really to pursue what you pursue. And then you've got to do the daily work, uh, stay focused and in alignment. And I'm sure there are lots of days when <laughs> you're a hot glue gun mess, but, 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 what, but you seem to me to be so self-assured 
Um, mm-hmm. Knowing what you I want. Mean, I, I do. I've always known what I wanted, and I think keeping my eye on the ball keeps me going every day. Yes, <laughs> L.A. is a crazy place. It's so different. I grew up in, a, in Dundas, which is like a super small town beside Hamilton. So the contrast between the two is very different. It's taken some adjustment. But I love music so much, and I, you know, it's who I am. And I know if I didn't put everything I have into it, it, I wouldn't be happy. And which is also why working with the trans chorus really moves me because we're all on our own journey. The reason I admire them so much is because they've all gone through this huge adjustment in their life. And it's kind of just when you're so sure of who you are and what you want, I think you're willing to make up that make sacrifices to pursue that. And that's really what inspires me about them. So I, I just try to be as cool and as strong as all of them every day. What is the biggest, I like that you said the sacrifice. What is the biggest sacrifice you've made? Because I think a lot of people look at successful people and think that it's just been an easy trajectory. It hasn't. Everyone sacrifices along the way. And what about what you sacrificed? I think for me, it's been relationships with my family because they are Canada. They all grow up. And of course, you know, if it was a perfect world, I would love to be in two places at once. Um, but I know I always knew if I stayed there to be close to my family, then I would be miserable. <laughs> so, <laughs> I understand that. Because your family. Because, because, yeah, not because my family. <clears throat> because I would be sacrificing something I love. Mm. And, you, you know, you always have to give up something. And... They understand that, and definitely that's one of the biggest sacrifices I've had to give up. And, and, and when you talked about focus a moment ago, how do you stay focused? You said L.A. is a crazy town. I think everybody knows that. Um, on one hand, you've got so many artists pursuing their dreams, so you've got your peers there. On the other hand, it's L.A., crazy town. Mm-hmm. How, how, yeah. how do you stay focused? Especially as a young girl. I think, I think that's what always amazes me about you is, is, is uh, your maturity. Thank you. I do think self-care is super important. Mm. I People move here all the time to pursue this dream, and I think it is scary, and I think you get let down a lot. And, it's you know, you, get, you have to develop a tough skin. I think people end up partying, and they do drugs, and they drink, and they kind of use that as a Band-Aid to help them get through things. And I never wanted to turn to that because I always thought, it would kind of lead to a dead end. Um, so I, I try and stay focused and positive. I talk to my family every day, and I try and not go out and party a lot, <laughs> even though the party scene in L.A. She giggles. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not perfect. So. <laughs> you got to have fun once in a while, you know, but <laughs> not every night. What is your biggest uh, piece of advice for people listening who have a dream, whether it's a small or large, um, that they want to pursue and they're listening right now? I think if you have a dream, I think it's always awesome to go for it, but you have to be prepared to put in the work. Mm. And that is, you know, that's my biggest piece of advice is just be willing to put everything you have into it if you want to see that dream come true. Biggest music industry disappointment. Biggest music industry disappointment. I this, guess this interview. I, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> I'm always, I'm always shocked. I'll meet people and they have, you know, all these awards and all the and Grammys and all these amazing things and and you meet them and it's not always the expected way that they got there and I think that's kind of been sometimes a little bit disappointed and disappointing. And by that, I mean, they haven't, um, they found other ways to get there. And you mean, you mean uh, blowjobs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> there's someone in the studio with us when you said what you said, who made the blowjob movement. <laughs> and I thought, you know what? I think that's what she means. Let's just say it. <laughs> Is it what you meant? 
I knew we were gonna we no, were gonna talk about blowjobs. <laughs> You always find a way to turn us around. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you meant, though? I, I not that specifically, but you know, just certain shady things that happen. There. So hand jobs. <laughs> and, <laughs> <laughs> a whole spectrum. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> Couldn't do this in the Oprah interview, could I? <laughs> Well, you're a de- listen. Yeah. You're you're a, you're a delight. So you you're what you're saying is that people sleep around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's shocking things, but I guess that's part of the game. <laughs> and so, uh, any plans to sleep around in the near future? <laughs> no, definitely not. Uh, no, but what, what's what's ahead for you? Ahead what's for you, get it? She's going to kill me, this girl. Scott's going to kill you. <laughs> Her manager. What? What's ahead for you? When do we get more music? More music. I have some songs coming out on some dance labels with some really amazing DJs. So that's coming up. I might have heard them. Some more work. You might have heard them. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely, I want to keep working with the trans chorus of LA. We've got some plans for more performances so that's really exciting for me and and just more writing and more music and more love more love don't give up on love all about maggie.com is the the website and i knew that i said maggiezabo.com but it forwards to that uh do have a listen to this wonderful song do watch the video and maggie i love you so much i love you i wish you you joy and not a lot of blowjobs (laughs) Bye, my love. Thanks for listening to Sean Prue's show here on SiriusXM, Canada Talks Channel 167. Till next week. Oh, my rebel.